Welcome into the newsroom, a podcast by the East Oregonian. It is Friday, September 4th. My name is Alex Castle, reporter with the East Oregonian, joined today by Antonio Sierra, another reporter with the East Oregonian, joining us remotely. And also here in the studio with me is our producer, Ben Lonergan. Guys, uh, right before Labor Day, just uh, before we get into it, how's everybody doing? It's been it's been uh, a very busy couple weeks, but uh, we somehow managed to get through it. So, uh, certainly, lots going on in the last week here. Uh, lot lots coming down the pipe in the week ahead. So, well, we're taking a look back at the weekend before in today's episode of In the Newsroom. Uh, looking back at last Saturday in specific, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests and march through the streets of Pendleton drew about 200 Black Lives Matter protesters along with a crowd of about 150 counter protesters or so that set up opposite of the Black Lives Matter protest at Roy Rayleigh Park. All, all of us were there uh that Saturday, if uh, you've uh, been reading the East Oregonian this week uh, or paying attention to our website, eastoregonian.com, you've probably seen some of our coverage uh, uh, in the follow to that day. But we want to just take a look back, talk a little bit about some of what it was like that day, the, some of the coverage, and just uh, go a little bit more in depth on some of what uh, we followed up on. But uh, where do you guys want to start? Anything just... From the get-go, kind of first general takeaways either that you had that day or, or kind of the big takeaway that you've had from that event that you kind of walking away when people have asked you what it was like, what's kind of been your response? I think it's been, I mean, looking back on it, I was in the, um, you know, certainly you see coverage of protests all across the U.S. Um, and, you know, haven't been over in Hermiston where things uh, got a little bit more kind of amped up uh the week prior um i think it's you know definitely positive to see um that i mean to to the credit of organizers and the pendleton police department and lots of people uh you know things stayed uh as i kind of been talking with folk uh you know you and uh phil while we were there uh you know things stayed peaceful yet vocal so, you know, mm-hmm. both sides definitely wanting to get their message heard, their message out. Um, I think there was one it, fight would be a, a hard term to call it, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, a skirmish, skirmish or, or a, a scuffle between a couple <laughs> of folks when um, the counter protesters were following Black Lives Matter protesters through the streets. But I mean, overall, uh, parties on both sides did a really good job of um I, I mean, I hate I hate to say it, but nowadays it, it kind of comes up is keep, keeping to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it was and you saw people crossing over to kind of learn what things were about. I think we saw uh, one or two um, counter protesters come over to talk with Black Lives Matter protesters. Um, you know, this is something we've seen at past protests, but I think it, you know, you don't necessarily know what decisions everyone comes with away with at the end of the day but i think uh both groups were receptive towards that and i think that was something that was positive to see yeah it just you know uh ben has experience covering protests in eugene so (laughs) this is probably doesn't feel too much out of the norm uh for him compared to those kind of protests um but this definitely felt um angrier 
and more urgent on both sides that that um, having covered uh, protests in Pendleton since 2017 when there was kind of uh, the big women's march and then a, a kind of a spate of smaller protests um, that happened in the in the year to in the year that followed um, this one was definitely it, on the Black Lives Matter pro side, it skewed younger. Um, th this was definitely the biggest counter protest I've ever seen. Uh, and this was also probably, I mean, I guess, you know, the Freedom Rally happened a few months ago, but probably also one of the bigger conservative, you know, move visible movements that we've seen. Um, and not just, a, you know, uh, some people in trucks revving their motors or, you know, flying a flag or something. It was, mm -hmm. um, this was organized. So it, yeah, it felt, it felt, uh, it felt more visceral, uh, and that tension was palpable. Um, and, uh, and, you know, for instance, it, you know, I think I'm the only one who has been here since the 2017 women's March that actually felt weirdly enough, like a joyful event, even though they were there, um, kind of in opposition to the inauguration of, of the president. Um, it just seemed people that were happy to uh, find each other, people who were finding that, that they were finding other, you know, um, left of center people and uh, they kind of had a sense of community from it. And this, this felt different. Obviously uh, black lives matter had speeches and they were, um, it's a very obvious that it was a, a an effort toward movement building and creating a sense of solidarity amongst themselves. But at the same time, it, it just couldn't, it, it was the, the atmosphere was very different than yeah. any other protests I've, I've covered here. Yeah. And, and really quick, Antonio, since you were here, uh, you know, back in 2017, you're talking about the, that women's March. I mean, I, I take it. I mean, there was, there wasn't any type of opposition or counter protests or things like that kind of visible during during that were there no it was um no i i can't recall there being any opposition i think it was similar to i get when we had that first black lives matter protest in mm -hmm. was it may or june it was kind of similar to that i mean there'd be people in trucks who would be yelling something or or whatever um but it wasn't there wasn't anything not like a um, planned opposition there was no plan there was no organization yeah. and uh it was just, you know, they, they 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 didn't really take to the streets. They kind of stuck to the sidewalks, marched up mm -hmm. and down downtown, um, and then it was kind of over. And uh, everyone got lunch afterward. So, um, yeah, and it seems like I mean, because you're kind of touching on yeah that different the, the, the kind of the anger that we did sense there, and I think a lot of that. I mean, it, it was kind of. Uh, to some degree, though, contained kind of between in, in in the street between the two groups. I mean, we we talked about how they were able uh, to kind of keep keep the groups separate and how the groups were mostly separated, and, and a lot of that was just purely by where they were set up at. But I, it seemed like you know so much of that anger was just palpable in the air from the get go because there was two groups there that clearly disagree uh, in some way on, on their their worldviews and what they how they view the current uh movement uh, around the country and you know the the crossing over of both uh from side to sides was interesting as well at least the the some of the counter protesters that came over that you touched on uh Ben because it, you know and I think 
our our editor Andrew uh, Cutler. He was there. You mentioned Phil Wright over from uh, in over in the Grant. He came over and was was there helping us out with coverage that day. And Andrew wrote a piece uh, about one of the counter protesters that came over and you know basic summary of of what that guy kind of told him was you know I I just came out to see what was going on you know and I I think to a degree this these type of protests and this type of movement is relatively new I get the sense from that in in the conversations we've had Antonio about just the history of of kind of protests out here in the area so for in a lot of ways this was one of the biggest and best kind of examples that just the community has gotten if they haven't, if they don't have firsthand experience with these type of movements or protests that have happened elsewhere. And, and in that regard, I do kind of share your, your thoughts, Ben, that I mean, overall just was nice to see people stay mostly separated and, and be able to, to stay peaceful as kind of, loaded as a word as that that can be when just talking about protests these days but i think uh the interesting stuff really came from the organization that the protest uh the black lives matter protests had uh in comparison to the counter protests even though it was kind of planned opposition it was it was still very loosely organized didn't necessarily have central organizers or or whatnot it was kind of just people that showed up on the other side at least that's that's the sense that we kind of were given that they kind of just showed up on the other side of the street to to voice their opposition whereas the i know in conversations with the black lives matter organizers they've been they've been planning this for for over a month probably two months at least um so in that regard it was uh just just being nice to kind of, my kind of takeaway that I've told a lot of people was it was nice not to not to have more to report on than just what the protest messages were trying to get across and the the kind of that natural anger that kind of existed between the two groups because they they both just came out that afternoon. Yeah, and, and if we could talk, I guess the one one of the missing pieces we had from our our coverage or next day coverage was a lot of perspective from the counter protester side um Mm. it's just kind of a note uh we asked we did ask several folks on that side if they want to comment and we got uh pretty swift uh i guess declinations people people just didn't want to talk um just a general distrust of the media um some of it was specific some of it was just more generalized so um it you know that I, I think that's something that we want to make sure we get across is that we we had no problem asking for folks from counter protesters why they were there um, and what their specific issues were with Black Lives Matter, um, but they just did not have a desire to talk, and we don't really have any mechanism to make any of them talk. Yeah, I, I and I, yeah, I can say I, you know I I tried to reach out to some of the people that. You know, I said it was pretty loosely organized. There are some Facebook uh, pages and some social media posts. I tried to reach out through, to people through there and, and, and either mostly just didn't get responses. Um, but, you know, I think that that is kind of an interesting angle as well with, you know, it, I think it it came true in, in our coverage out here. I'm sure it, it's happening in a lot of lo- other uh, local protests around the country where part of the 
the issue, I mean, you talk about the distrust of media that the people that uh, were over on the counter protest side, at least the ones we tried to speak to clearly had, you know, it, it's, it is difficult to get a, a really solid perspective on what these two, uh, what the two messages, at least, you know, here last Saturday were because we, we didn't have that opportunity to speak with the counter protesters on that side. And that, you know, and no, no matter what that does, that perspective and messages then kind of get lost and we're not able to really put a finger on it. And, and, you know, I think, uh, some of our follow up, follow up coverage, the story I had right, uh, Tuesday after or earlier this week was kind of speaking to the, the police uh, and police chief Stuart Roberts, you know, he he kind of said that one of the primary differences just between these two groups and uh, and how it all played out was that the Black Lives Matter protests had gone through, had worked with the city, got permits, had worked with the police. The other side didn't. They had just kind of showed up. Um, but again, you know, that's that's the perspective that we're able to get from the police. But it, it does still feel missing when we don't get to hear it directly from the people that were standing in opposition on that side. But uh, speaking of kind of the, the follow-ups that we've done this week, uh, Antonio, on Thursday, you had a story uh, uh, published uh, about taking a look specifically at the um, the local tribes' uh, influence and, and kind of where they've intersected with uh, the Black Lives Matter protest movement out here as a whole, but specifically where they intersected on Saturday. Right. Yeah, so uh, that was something that I kind of noticed for uh, months since the Black Lives Matter protests really got going um, was that there were always uh, kind of a strong contingent of young CTUIR, CTUIR members um, uh, coming and voicing their support for Black Lives Matter. And uh, I, uh, I kind of with this one, it was especially apparent since uh, Brianna Spencer, one of the... Uh, main organizers for the event. She's a tribal member, specifically an enrolled member of uh, the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. Uh, Max Mattern, another one of the speakers, uh, they are a, uh, a member of the C2IR and a senior at Nick Yahweh. Um, there were other, there was a, a, a tribal drum circle featuring uh, members from several different tribes across the Northwest. Um, so it was just, it was a very, uh, it was a very big part of the program. They're very visible. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I spoke with them about why they felt a sense of solidarity. Um, and it, it, it had some surprising things. It has got some different answers. Um, and, uh, you know, tribal identity is, is complex. Um, Brianna Spencer is not just an enrolled tribal member. She also has Afro-Puerto uh, Afro Rican roots. And so there is a, an amount of personal um, uh, personal connection to this. But uh, also just in the sense that um, that the, uh, I guess the, the, the struggle of, of indigenous people and, and tribal people is, is a kind of a part of a, a larger cause of, of, of anti-racism um, throughout uh, history and, and that they want to be a part of that. Um, but you know, and it's it's important to note that uh, that the people of the of the Umatil Indian Reservation are not a monolith, and uh, that not everyone, uh, you know, that this wasn't a kind of a universal show of support, but that just that there were um, 
that there's just kind of a group of, of young people that are willing to step out and, uh, and have their voices heard on this, uh, especially in a community where, uh, you know, there's, I think, one or 2% black um, in a county that's kind of in similar vein. Um, so uh, it was just uh, interesting to see them out there. Yeah, and you've touched on it a couple times as well. I mean, the um, the the kind of youth aspect of this. I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Max Mattern, uh, a seventeen-year-old who was one of the speakers at the event, and uh, the crowd as a whole. There, Antonio, I know uh, you just have more experience of covering these kind of protests and these type of movements out here in Eastern Oregon, and. Um, I know you said that it, it, it was a, a much more young and diverse crowd than what you've seen in the past. I mean, are you able to say a little bit more just kind of about how how kind of the crowds and, and uh, the type of people and, and just who you were able to kind of see out in the community uh, standing up for these causes that, that maybe weren't as visible in, uh, in, in previous years? Yeah, so... I'll kind of go back to the 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 women's march back in 2017 um and uh it, it's it's hard to say anything is unprecedented especially when uh I'm not a master historian of Umatilla County or the region mm-hmm. um but at that time no one could really remember a protest of that size um in our newsroom or amongst the people I talked to in the community um it was uh, the unofficial count was about 400 people, which would be even bigger than the Black Lives Matter um, protest or the counter protest. Um, and so there's a lot of folks who came out to that. Um, and that was, I mean, it was, uh, you know, pretty, um, it was pretty uh, a standard march. There were some speeches, there was a march, um, and then everyone went home. And then for the following year, there's kind of a bunch of smaller protests that covered a variety of issues. There was um, environmental protests. There was immigration policy protests. There, um, there was uh, 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 kind of a, a smaller s- a series of protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, and uh, they kind of continued on throughout the year. Um, but they always kind of featured the same crowd. It was generally um, an older crowd. It was generally a whiter crowd. Um, and uh, they, um, and then it kind of petered out. Uh, there was a second Women's March in uh, early 2018, I want to say. And then people kind of seemed to have their fill of it. And there wasn't any more. Um, and, uh, and then it, it seems to have really just accelerated again in 2020 um and and not it's important to note not just with black lives matter but we had the freedom rally in hermiston Mm -hmm. um we've had you know uh, a few a few other things um we and we've had uh you know these things haven't just been concentrated in pendleton they've been in hermiston they've been in other communities um so it's it's uh it's you know this is definitely uh, a very kind of different subset of movements, um, but still surprising in, in just the overall history of this area that doesn't just see a lot of protests in general. Um, they, uh, people just typically don't engage in politics that way out here. And I think to, uh, for, for, to a certain extent, that, that what, that's what drives fear that these protests are going to devolve into um, looting and rioting 
um, just because this is something that's that's so new. Um, in addition to just a bunch of online rumors uh, that yeah. tend to <laughs> tend to fuel, um, you know, I mean, I think there hasn't been a one, you know, one Black Lives Matter protest that someone isn't like isn't saying that a busload of Antifa from Portland is being dropped off and ready. Um, so it's, I mean, that, I mean, that uh, social media is obviously something that can't be ignored either. It's, yeah. it's a tool for organization. It's also a tool for disinformation. And, um, and, and I think that's what drives up fear that something bad is going to happen. Um, whether that's looting or that someone getting hurt is that uh, just how much social media is constantly churning, uh, how much Facebook is constantly churning, um, and uh, we'll we'll just have to see how how this continues to play out. Yeah, and it, you brought it up a little bit, but yeah, I did want to mention that you know this uh, protest in Pendleton it did feature you know groups and organizations from Walla Walla area, Tri Cities area. So this was meant to be, uh, according to organizers, a, a show kind of of the. Uh, and, and trying to make visible the the people in these and just in this region as a whole that uh, are committed to these these causes uh, and as you kind of talk about where you know these those past protest movements and those brief little stints is maybe where we can end today I, I I wanted to ask Antonio I mean I know we've kind of talked a little bit about you know additional follow-ups and stories that we're kind of tracking here in the local community connected to to this movement and what you know watching for what is going to happen next but I mean after in the wake of those you know the women's march and, and kind of those bursts of protest uh, back then I mean was there were there other things that kind of emerged locally in kind of follow-up or in response to that I mean what what are kind of the next steps and things to continue to watch for? Cause at least as far as we know right now, I mean, it, it seems like there's still going to be some small protests scheduled. I believe there's one scheduled uh, tonight in Hermiston. Um, so we're still going to see things like that, but this was kind of the, the large protest that was trying to make this statement. And now it's kind of going to be what, what follows it. And uh, is there any inclination you have from just where, you know, what you've seen happen in the past and kind of response to these movements. Yeah. So I remember doing a story after the women's March and having all this energy behind, um, that movement, which is, uh, also, uh, kind of loosely organized. And, uh, I remember going to a meeting, uh, of a group that had planned it and, and asking the question, how, how do you keep this sustainable? Um, and, uh, and I, I, you know, there was some, you know, conversation here and there, but at the end of the day, um, the, those protests did kind of eventually uh, uh, peter out. They did eventually kind of mm -hmm. stop, um, and, and, you know, not, you know, and the idea behind the Women's March was, wasn't just that, but that they would organize behind all these kind of, uh, other issues that are important to, um, to liberal folks out here. And... Um, I think to me, that's always a question is, is sustainability. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, um, what it's getting closer and closer about two months to election day. Um, and that is always something that is, um, a, a, a polarizing event, um, yeah. these days. <laughs> and, 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 you know, in, in the, 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 
plethora of, of factors in here. I think election day isn't something that can be discounted either in terms of causing tension. Um, so it just, it, I mean, to me, it's all about sustainability. And I, I did a video with a uh, university of Oregon history professor, Stephen beta. Uh, and I was talking with him about, uh, about rural protest movements, um, and, and about the history of them. And I remember asking him, uh, you know, what, what can what do you think the future of this all is? And he said, as a historian, we, we do a pretty terrible job of being able to forecast <laughs> this thing. But uh, but he said that in the past, the movements that have had stating power have built some sort of permanent infrastructure, some sort of permanent organization, and have continued to do the work um, just at a day to day level. And those are the you know those are the ones that really kind of um, stick around. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see whether this is just a movement of the moment and, and not necessarily that being something that's bad, but just, some, you know, just something that is exists in response to the current events we live in or something that uh, is kind of really does have staying power and, and has organizations that are around um, to uh, continue to advance the, the causes they care about. Yeah, and we'll be uh, we'll definitely here at uh, East at the East Oregonian be kind of monitoring and, and check trying to see what those next steps will be. Definitely, you know, some local organizations, mostly kind of those social media groups. And getting back to that, as you were talking talking about Antonio, those have definitely formed up. But seeing how those do kind of uh, crystallize into to some type of. Uh, some type of group or, or body that is going to, to, to kind of keep these causes at the forefront of, of local, uh, local policy. But, uh, anything else, uh, guys, before we, uh, we call this one, uh, a wrap, anything else you wanted to, to get out there about just the protests or, or, or the movement as a whole? No, yeah, not, not hearing anything. I will, uh, I, I will, uh, call this one a wrap then. Uh, you can, uh, make sure to, Pick up any edition of the East Oregonian from earlier this week to read uh, uh, some of those follow-up stories that we mentioned in this episode uh, about the Black Lives Matter protests in March from last Saturday. And uh, keep an eye out for more coverage in the East Oregonian coming up. You can follow us on Twitter and on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Go ahead and uh, check out our website, eastoregonian.com. But uh, thanks for listening. On behalf of Ben Lonergan, Antonio Sierra, I've been Alex Castle. And this is In the Newsroom. We'll talk to you next time.